this is Thor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. This is Master Daniel Piscina. Get over here to Video Game Bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got God. Hey, I'm big into uh, no-death runs, high-score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Time to take a dive into the world of the Everdrive. So what we're going to do with the drive as well is we will do um, a comparison of the EverDrive to the Power Pack, since I was very well-versed in the pack of the power before I flip-flopped right over to the EverDrive. And there's many reasons why I did go over to the EverDrive, and we'll go over that throughout this. That's right, motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) I would say the first thing that we should put out is a bit of a disclaimer. Oh, God. That Kyle's drunk. No. <laughs> right. That that, that's, that's, every, that's every episode, actually. There's no disclaimer necessary for that. <laughs> I would recommend highly that you go to the Crix's website to purchase the EverDrive or only buy the EverDrive from someone who purchases it directly from this site. Because if you get one from cheaper that's from China... Um, they skimp on the parts and that's when you see the whole, and you know, our old episode where like your Nintendo can get hot and a classic line, don't skimp on the meat. But that's the thing. I've actually read forums where people did get it from China and stuff didn't work right. So it, it does exist like for real. Exactly. So all this cool shit that we're going to talk about that these ever drives do be sure that you get it from the source. Because if they chintz on something and then they do an update and that update uses a piece that they cut from their version of the EverDrive, yours won't work. So, so the the EverDrive actually was um, released. The N8, the Nintendo version of the EverDrive, was released in 2013, which is pretty crazy. Um, it was just the Famicom version at first that I saw available, and it was later that I saw it available. It wasn't. In 2013, I, I think, like, because if you look back in his bug fixes, 
I don't think he actually released it to the masses till much later. It was probably just like in a beta test form until getting closer to, you know, 2014, 2015 time frame. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got mine uh, right as soon as it was available with Stone Age Gamer because uh, Crixes didn't have a store at the time. So he didn't use to sell on his website. So uh, Stone Age Gamer is a distributor of him. So he, they, uh, he sends the very first batches over to them. And then they do like crazy customizing. So mine's a Famicom EverDrive N8. It's gold. <laughs> it comes in a, like a box. <laughs> now they do like golden shells, but mine mine's so old that it's actually a painted one from a white shell or something. <laughs> like it's crazy. It's classic. It's OG. I think I talked with, what is it, Ryan, um, the, one of the guys who owns Stone Age Gamer. I saw him at a convention. He's like, dude, I'll get you a new one. That's crazy. You don't want to use that. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I like the original stuff. It has a little patina. A little patina. 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 So then, then we had Kyle. You just got an EverDrive. Hell yeah. And how did that happen? I don't know. I don't know either, man. It, like Santa Claus just came and shit he... fell from the sky. <laughs> Many weeks after Christmas, this fucker shows up. He came through my fucking chimney and shit. It was great. <laughs> he took a shit <laughs> in chimney. <laughs> yeah, he took a shit in my chimney, but he told me that Jeff had bought it for me. So I said, "Oh, dude, thanks, Santa." <laughs> <laughs> Got to take care of the VGBS mastery. <laughs> Yeah, so so now, like, as soon as Kyle got his EverDrive, he's been, like, obsessing over playing all the craziest hacks and all the madness that's available because now you have the entire library plus anything that's ever been released in a ROM format at your disposal. Yeah, Jeff hooked me up this year, man. Jeff hooked me up good, and it was great. Once you get the actual cart in the mail and such when you open the box and shit like the sd card is not on there and i would just say you might want to get like a sand disc from what i was reading a lot of people were getting like cheaper ones from china and shit yeah and it doesn't always load up correctly so the everdrive actually plays roms directly on an nes or famicom cartridge so what kyle's talking about is it actually supports SD cards um, that go into the top of the cartridge. I think, is yours the top or the side? It's the top. And it sports up to a 32 gigabyte, and you can do SD or SDHC. And there's a new version of SD card now, too. Now, one of the great things about, you know, Crixes and where it kind of is a little bit better than the Power Pack, just in this one format, is that the Power Pack, which is by Retro USB, uses this like flash memory card, which is like a little camera thing. It was released like in a long time, like years before, and it's never really been supported or updated. Where with the EverDrive, Crixis is constantly updating. So it may support things in the future. Now, what Kyle's saying about the SD card is that you want to get like a SanDisk or a brand name that you can get like off of Amazon. And they're always on sale anyways. It's not much more expensive, maybe like five bucks. I actually had one with my old camera that was like two gigs, which is actually huge. More than enough 
unless you're gonna go crazy with hacks and homebrews like beyond crazy well the the beyond crazy would be like if you wanted every single rom rip of every single game so like if you wanted all 20 different rips of legend of zelda like like you only need one but if you wanted every single one like for some odd reason well i could say so my nes master list it contains all the licensed unlicensed and like a bunch of hacks on it Mm-hmm. That is 243 megabytes, 1,089 files. And you can download these online all over the place. People just have them, like, sharing them. Yeah. Then the Famicom A to Z master list, 256 megabytes for 1,181 files. That's all the Famicom games. So that combined, like, isn't even a gig at all. It's not even one gig, exactly. Like... I think I might have a two gig. I think I might have a two gig card in mine too. And it's like, and literally like what you can do is you could do like, cause I told Kyle and he was like, man, I don't even see all the games. And it's like, well, you have to do it each folder by letter. Um, because you can only show so many files and then S has to have two different folders to show up all the S games. That's a big thing. And the file tree. So, um, what you're going to want to do once you get it, you're going to want to go to Cricks.com, K-R-I-K-Z-Z.com. And on the front, you'll see Downloads on top. Click Downloads, and then you're actually going to go to a, it's like a fi- old school file tree. And you're going to want to look at, it's called EverDrive N8. It doesn't say NES on it, but it's um, under EverDrive N8. And then once you click on that, there's an OS file folder that you click on that. And then it actually gives you the last from version 10 to version 16. And then he's been updating it, so he's on this, the 16th version. You can actually see a change list on the same page currently. Changelist.txt is in the same file tree. If you click on that, it shows you all the changes that have happened. So he's added, like, save states in there and stuff like that. And what I recommend, you just download the latest one, version 16, download the actual zip file, and you extract it. I'd recommend 7-zip. 7-zip is freeware. It also extracts, like, uh, RAR files. Unzip it to the actual card. Put it on there. It'll make its own folder, and then you add all the other ROMs as their own folders. So, like, what I have is, like, I actually numbered it. So I have like 01 is NES A to Z master list. And then I have 02 Famicom A to Z master list. Then 03 NES hacks homebrews. Because then it goes in order. So if it's not alphabetically, you can still get it in the order you want. And then from there, I have the operating system below those. Because you don't really need to um, access that very often. Now, the one thing is, if you press select, you can go into settings. Once you get all the games on there and you put the game into the actual system, then you can access the settings, which there's like a save state setting. You can like do the controls and everything. So the EverDrive N8, it plays ROMs, obviously, um, and it supported the, supports the Famicom, NES, Twin Famicom. It supports both NES and Famicom disk system images. Um, it does an automatic disc side swap for the Famicom Disk System game, so it just flips them back over. Um, it offers expansion audio if you're playing it on a Famicom or have your NES system modified. So you can play like Castlevania 3 with the expanded audio, which is pretty badass. 
Fuck yeah. It has a save state function. I didn't even fucking know about that till Kyle was like, oh yeah, there's save state. And I'm like, really? How the fuck do you do that? And I guess you gotta set it up or something by pressing the select button. Didn't know that shit. It's in a newer version. Yeah. And I mean, I think I have that version. I just never tried. Weird. <laughs> um, Game Genie code support, which is awesome. Um, you do have to load the game though before you put in the Game Genie codes. The game, you can just load it instead of load and start. So you just load the game for Game Genie, and then you go to the game, you put in your codes, and then you just do start. It's really weird. A little different. And this is a huge one now. It automatically backs up saves to the SD card. Um, this one thing where the uh, the power pack by RetroUSB, I despised it because you literally had to create a manual save file in Windows for each and every game you wanted to save. So, like, the fact that it just automatically makes it on the EverDrive is, like, a fucking godsend. And it does say that there's no need to press reset before shutting down the system. However, Famicom Disk System games, you need to press reset to go back to the main menu. Um, That way you can save your data to the disk system. So, FDS games you do. Mapper support is pretty, pretty awesome. It supports uh, 2,587 of the 2,626 games they've tested. I would like to note that they have like a whole mapper thing on the Krix's website. Uh, it's K-R-I-K-Z-Z.com. Again, we'll probably say that a million times during the episode. But um, it doesn't show Mapper 30 on here. It shows like Mapper does not exist. Mapper 30 is used in some homebrew games. So, like, if you have a ROM of Black Box Challenge or Mystic Searches or anything else that, like, Retro USB or Infinite S Lives uses with Mapper 30, they're not going to work with the EverDrive. Uh, a lot of other homebrew games do work with it, though. So if somebody, like, releases a fucking game on Nintendo Age forums or Nest Dev forums, and you can literally just drop it onto the fucking card and play it in real hardware on a real CRT, which is the fucking godsend. And then the other godsend of it is that you can literally play the infinite amount of fucking hacks that are out there. So, like, literally Kyle can just play, like, every single fucking Castlevania game that's out there known to man now. Yeah, super easy, man. (laughs) Most of it you can find romhacking.net. Oh, my God, that's an amazing website. But you have to patch a lot of it yourself, which there's programs for that. But there's other sites where you go to which they actually have the patch ROM already done. MU Paradise has a lot of the more popular hacks that are available, as well as translations, which is the other aspect that it plays. So anybody that's done a fan translation of a Japanese RPG, you can play those on the EverDrive in full English now. Which is badass. What's happened to MU Paradise, though, they had to take down, like, Zelda, for instance. Yeah, Nintendo puts a claim, they just take it down, which is fucking lame. I wouldn't suggest going there for ROM sets. You'll want to go there for, like, specific stuff. Yeah, because even, because what I've noticed, especially doing, like, the Oddities book research, uh, I noticed that when I was doing Famicom games that I got ROM sets, like Famicom ROM sets and stuff, and not all the games are in there because a lot of the games that I was covering, I'm like, well, where the fuck is this one, this one, this one? It's like onesies and twosies won't be in the ROM sets. The NES US releases, like the licensed ones, you'll have all those in a ROM set if you Google it. 
Um, same thing with like PAL games and, and even unlicensed is typically the bootleg games, the unreleased games, and the Famicom games is spotty when you get a full pack, and that's what you want to use. MU Paradise and unreleased64.com and a bunch of other different websites where you can get like unreleased ROMs or unreleased NES games. Like they, you can get all of those as well, as well as the bootleg games too. Then, of course, the other awesome feature of the N8 is that it loads games like fast as shit, where the power pack would take like 20 seconds to load a game, or longer. Oh, it's like Commodore style, it's not as bad, but yeah, getting there. Watch the fucking little tick, 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 whereas the EverDrive N8 just immediately. And you know, like, Crixus has a million fucking EverDrives now, like for almost every cartridge-based system he has covered, like a lot of them. For the NES one, once you boot it up and you're on the black menu, you press select and you go in the settings and you can actually configure your save state with two buttons. So I put like up and start for save and down and start for load. You could do like up and select or down and select, whatever you want. I'll probably use select for mine because select isn't used in games too often. Right, that's a really good one. Because like if you're pressing Mike Tyson's punch out, if you're pressing up to punch and you press start for the... The po- the uppercut, you'll freaking <laughs> reload the game or save the game. But I don't even use save states anyway, so mm-hmm. to me it's just a little like bonus for some weird ass like game that I'm just messing with or something. But if I'm getting serious, like we don't use save states on this cast. That's the other thing that's important to mention. Like I haven't didn't even know that the EverDrive used it <laughs> until you mentioned it. It was hilarious. And when I play it, the homework, we don't use save states. We just try to beat it, like, as if you rented it in real life. Yeah, unless it's, like, a, like I'll use save states sometimes when I'm training, but it'll be, like, on a PC. And then I'll, once I get, like, all the memorization, like, I've been working on Shinobi 3 for fucking months. And then I'm going to play it on the actual Sega Genesis, like, legit style. But then I'm going to have all the different level layouts memorized and things, so I can just go through it and plow through and it's just like a different way of playing because that game is fucking amazing well the benefit of safe state is if you're like traveling or something and you have to play and then stop and then start and stop you don't have to start at the very beginning exactly that's the thing though it's it's more like what you want out of your experience you if you want to just play it casually I mean, do what the fuck you want. You know, I'm not saying this or that. Well, safe states are completely fun. If I ever do use a safe state or something, I'll mention it while we talk about it, too, just because. But so far, I haven't had to for any of our games over multiple seasons, so I doubt I will now, anyways. <laughs> the price tag is about, on Crix's website, is $118 plus shipping is how much it costs on his website. Stone Age Gamer does a little bit of a markup, but then they do, like, really cool fucking designs and shit and add, like, a case and manual and stickers and a bunch of shit. You still got a cool-ass box from Crix, though. I didn't even know that. That was the crazy thing. So Crix is stepping up his game as well. I mean, and it's 118 bucks. so, I mean... You, know, you open it, and there's, like, styrofoam, and there's, like, inlay for the cart fucking nice tight yeah i didn't know i was gonna do any of that shit because i've ordered from him in the past and it was just like literally just the cartridge yeah he's up to this game 
he's up in his game just like everybody, which is which is awesome because the dude is fucking amazing. I'm trying to think if there's anything from him that I don't even own. I think I have all of his fucking <laughs> games. Like I think I have all of his EverDrives now because I picked up a 64 one. I, the the first EverDrive that I had was the uh, Mega Drive one, EverDrive MD for the Sega Genesis. Okay. He's released like even a, a Mega EverDrive now, which is even better apparently. But I just I had that one. But yeah, the the best part of the EverDrive though is is simply having everything available to you on a real on real hardware. Now I initially was playing mine in a uh, Famicom because I have the Famicom EverDrive. I was playing it in an AV Famicom on you know my my PVM. But now, um, with the release of Retro USB's AVS, I can play it in HD on a giant TV, and there's no lag. So I can play Mike Tyson Punch Out and play it. So that's the freaking awesome thing. So it literally works in newer TVs, everything. So the, the EverDrive is really, really freaking awesome. And I recommend for the hacks, um, go to the website... Pack and Sack Dave, P A C N S A C D A V E dot Weebly, W E E B L Y dot com. He's already um, patched all the ROMs. And he also has a Facebook group where when he uploads anything, uh, the Facebook group gets a fucking link to it and you can just download it right from his social media page, which is really convenient. That's how I get all my shit from him. And he also sells certain special stuff like he just made an a new uh, Ninja Gaiden hack, so he's selling that one. It's like a prequel, I guess. So you can also buy stuff from him, too. I think it comes in a cart, and it's real nice. Really? So it's tight, man. Yeah, that that size is a really cool site, man. I'm looking. Um, So some some of the newer shit that he has on here is like the Biohazard. Um, Now, looking at that right off of Pack and Sack Dave, so you can download fucking Zelda Triforce of the Gods which Zelda Triforce of the Gods is the Link to the Past demake for the Famicom. I have a cartridge copy of it, and this is translated completely into English. Same thing with the Biohazard, which is Resident Evil on the NES. The thing is, though, those use weird-ass Chinese mappers that I don't think are supported. When I got the Triforce of the Gods one, it's not supported by um, the EverDrive. So I tried it. You're right. Big Trouble in Little China work. That's a, a bad dude's hack. <laughs> Jason X. Jason versus Freddy, I know works. Legend of Zelda DX and the relocalized version. Castlevania, the Holy Relics. Uh, Castlevania Five Legacy, Tre- check that one out. I'm pretty sure all those work, but yeah, certain ones, you're right. They're like weird. And the, uh, the one that you were talking about, the um, Ninja Gaiden one... Yeah, you gotta buy that one. It's $40. Well, if you read all the reviews, though, on it, though, it says, damn, this game is beyond limits, hard as hell, can't even beat the first boss. All of them are saying that it's... So it's probably not balanced too well. And that's one of those things about hacks, is when people make the levels and make their own stuff, it's like Kaizu Mario, where they purposely make it hard as shit. Like, usually it's, they're not balanced as well as an actual NES game. But it's fun to play. And I've seen that a lot with hacks, where you could be, like, the master of a game, and then 
you go through and it's like destroying because they just make it make the bosses way too hard well that's the thing with the one person designer where regardless of how this game really is in general you're dealing with you know what we were talking about actually this week where quality control isn't there because it's just you and you don't have like a team like capcom or konami to like say okay uh majority rules we're gonna do it this way we're not going to do it that way. We decided... like So it, at the end of the day, you're a programmer and that's your job. It's not like, this is my this is my baby and you're cutting my heart out. And it's true. It's very true. Because it's like when you write a song and someone hears it and like, no, I think you should do it this way. And you're like, no, like how could you ever say that? You know, that, That's why a lot of bands don't work. Because people have their own little ideas of what should be and all that shit. So... Yeah, it's the same way. Like, if you look at it as a job, it's one thing. If it's your pet project, then you're going to be butthurt, you know? Yeah. Everyone thinks their baby's cute. Everybody thinks their baby's cute. When that baby gets marred, I get mad. (laughs) That's right. So that's the thing. (laughs) Again, it goes back to the endowment bias, where if it's from you, something you created, something you own even, you look at it as more important. Yeah. It's classic, though. Gotta love it. And also, because you have um, skin in the game, you bought that item, so now you've, like, invested in it. So the investment goes beyond monetary. It's also mental. Yeah. Goes beyond belief. Into the dark side of the force.
mean, I really love the uh, the translations, and that's one thing I didn't even cover in a book because there's so many fucking translations out there. Like, I didn't even dig toward that. Like, because I went toward it more like a collector standpoint where you could play Famicom games without needing to know Japanese. So that's one thing that I've told people is if you have an EverDrive, you can literally take my book, grab the Famicom section. Download all those games, or get the whole ROM, the ROM thing like you have, Kyle, and you could literally put all those games in a folder, and then you have literally could follow along in the book and play the games. And ROMHacking.net does have the uh, the patches, mm-hmm. uh, the patches for the translations too, as well. Yeah, so then there's translations on top of the NES oddities where you, it's like the Famicom that don't need to be translated. You do have the translations. And what I recommend, get Lunar IPS. Yeah, it's like the industry standard that you want to have. It's like dummy proof. So you download this IPS file off romhacking.net, and you're like, okay, that's not a .nes file. This isn't a ROM. What do I do with this? So when you open Lunar IPS, it says load IPS file load the ROM that you want to patch it to, so the .NES file, and then you just load up the game, and it says patch successful. Now, some games I had didn't work, like the Zelda DX. I tried it on stuff, but I had to go to the actual Pack and Sack site to download. He actually did it right. I don't know why. I tried it on three different ROMs, and it didn't work. So that's the other thing that has to be mentioned, that there's like a, a process sometimes, trial and error. It's not always like... Uh, cut and dry, you know? And that's a classic, actually, is the first thing that Kyle tried was he's like, man, all these games aren't working, and he realized that he had, like, an old-ass like, folder of ROMs or something, some, like, old versions of ROMs. Dude, that was the old Nesticle we had from the 90s. Exactly, so, like, you had old-ass shit. None of those really work correctly. It's all a progression. So if you're using old-ass ROMs, just make sure you go and get a new fresh batch which is it takes seconds to download all of them so and all of a sudden like castlevania 3 worked crisis force worked gimmick worked you know like all the stuff that you with the special chips and shit return of the joker worked (laughs) all of it worked another cool thing with hacks is that like you mentioned gimmick well, there's Gimmick Pal, and then there's Gimmick Japanese, and I think somebody either adjusted the Hertz in the Pal version or took the Japanese one and translated it into English, so that way it plays in the normal Hertz for English TV. So if you play like a Pal ROM, it'll play a little fast mm-hmm. on the EverDrive if you're playing it on a new, an, an older TV. Like a CRT. So basically, like with PAL games, like there's people that have done hacks where you can literally change it so it plays perfectly in an actual TV in the US. It'll play like it, it should play. And I mean, the thing is, though, is that the, as Kyle mentioned, the card is so large that you could literally put PAL section, you could put Famicom section, you could put. U.S. section, you could go by genre and put another copy of the ROMs in there by genre if you wanted to. That way you have, like, you could just go through whatever the fuck you feel like at the time, and literally, no matter where you look, games will be there. What I did, I just, for the computer, 
I was like, oh, this is going to be like a pain in the ass. But it actually wasn't. You just create a new folder, you know, right click your mouse, create new folder. Once you go in there, you create another new folder. And then I just did control C to copy and then control V. And I did that 27 times. And then from there, you just right click on the very top one. You do like uh, the number sign. Because the first, like, 1942, 1943, any multi-carts, 150 and 1, 101, that's going to be your before the A folder. So you create the actual number sign folder. Now, once you create that, just press tab, and you'll actually go into the next folder below it. It'll already be in the rename mode. So then from there, you just press A. Tab B, Tab C, Tab D, Tab E. Go all the way down the Z. Done. From there, you just grab the chunks from the actual folder with the download of the ROMs. Grab the chunks, you know, the numbers A, B, C. Grab them. It took me like 10 to 15 minutes and it was done, dude. Super quick. Yeah, it's just, it's a pain just to do it, but it takes seconds. It's really not bad. All that leads up to the pride when it's all done and you're like, fuck yeah. Perfect. So how do you so so you just have your setup with like you said like zero one is licensed, zero two is family and stuff like that? Zero three hacks homebrews for now. So mine is I just threw it all lump sum alphabetically because I realized like and I because I didn't do like double up by genre or any of that shit. Like I literally just do A games has every single A game ever released. So, I mean, because you can scroll pretty fast. If you press left and right on the control pad, it goes really fast through pages. So it, it's not like it takes forever to go through the list. There's not a lot in a letter, though. Yeah, even when you have licensed Famicom, everything all together, it's still not that many. That's how I have my card set up. And then when I get new games, because there's always new homebrew games coming out. Like, if, I, if you go to Nesta right now and look at the top... There's probably a couple of new freaking homebrew games. And like, so I'll literally create a folder called new. And then I go to the new folder so I can test out some of the new stuff. Because otherwise, you know, you get that whole way too many games type thing. Because like, you'll literally be going through and just testing out games and not actually playing them for, for any amount of time. And that's the, that's a, actually a pretty big uh, issue that people have is that they don't play the games they just go through them so i keep the the new one and then what i'll do is the new folder i'll play those ones as the new ones i can understand because like the world's your oyster so it's it's like if someone just gives you any food that you want you know you can just take spaghetti you can take pizza you can take tacos like whatever you fucking want man it's all there for the taking so a lot of people, it's like, oh my god, you know, I can't concentrate on, you know, Mario 3 because now I want to play Castlevania. Oh, I want to play Mega Man. And oh, so it's um, like an ADD massacre, like attention deficit massacre. If you have a small attention span or if you're just excited about it, you know, some, some days you might have a smaller one than other days you might really be in a concentrated state. These days in my age, I try to just concentrate on one game. And I just try to beat that game. So nowadays it's not so bad, but it's it's all part of the fun, but it's a discipline thing too. A lot of people probably will never get past just playing all the games 
for a few minutes because there a lot of people are looking for a game too that they gravitate toward and there's a lot of things that go into it where you're looking for a game but yet the fact that you switched to the next game so soon you didn't actually give that one game enough time to where you get good at it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah exactly and I mean, and the thing is, is like, there's a lot of people that don't get out of the, what I call the test mode. It was like you testing to make sure that the freaking mappers worked and shit. So like, so like you were literally testing, it'd be like if you were still testing the game. You don't beat like this, after the first level, you don't like keep playing. No, yeah, you just stop it and like, alright, let me go to the next game since I have every game ever. And that, that turns into its own little black hole, like... <laughs> So I think, really, it has to be, like, a discipline within you. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, too, is that, like, like even Nestev gets dangerous just, like, going on the site, looking at all the new games. Like, there's a guy working on an improved port of Donkey Kong on the NES where you turn your TV sideways to play it in, like, vertical mode. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's reprogramming the entire game, but then you, you can flip your TV sideways so that way it plays like the arcade because the arcade has like a vertical um, monitor. The monitor's like taller. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking nuts. Like people are talented as shit like doing crazy stuff. That makes sense though because people like that because it's like that's legit, you know? There was a lot of um, Dreamcast homebrews that do that shit where you can... Yeah, I've seen that. Like flip it sideways. They'll add a border. Yeah. Around the side, like in Saturn and stuff, when they try to do the ports. That's the thing with that, with the ports where they, like, scrunch it, but then they allow you to turn your TV sideways, and the graphics are huge, which is awesome. That's amazing, and then it kills the borders. And I, I remember, the, was it the, uh, the Wonder Swan? Uh, it's like a Japanese handheld system that was made by Gunpei Yokoi, who made the Game Boy. He left Nintendo or got fired or whatever and then went and did the Wonder Swan. And there's shoot 'em ups on there where you literally hold it sideways so that way it's like big. <laughs> it's legit. It's played in fucking vertical mode. It's amazing. And that's the thing that a lot of the Dreamcast homebrews do that's just fucking outstanding as well. So the fact that you could do that on NES is crazy. But then, like, imagine tilting your CRT sideways. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to happen. Because, <laughs> like, I could, I could see, like, the, you know, the, the flat screens. That's okay. But then it's like, do I want to dedicate a fucking flat screen to this game because we got to flip the whole thing to the side? Or do I just want to play it normally with borders? <laughs> yeah, if someone gave me a free one, yeah, okay. But it'd be cool to have, like, a swiveling wall mount where you could literally just spin it. Well, that's when it's a gimmick, you know? Yeah, Mr. Gimmick. Yeah, it's like I have this game here. Yeah. So, are there any negatives or anything bad with the EverDrive, Kyle, that you've noticed? <laughs> Fuck. Um, no. I mean, it doesn't play every single game. That's the one thing. So far, though, all the ones that I've tried from my new pack have worked. Yeah, it's there's certain mappers. I will tell you what games don't work. I just looked up the compatibility list. So here are the games that do not work with the EverDrive. Most of them probably won't make or break it, but here they are. Action 52 does not work, but it does work on the Power Pack. So it does have a side-by-side -side on this list if it works on the Power Pack. Not a big loss either way. No. 
Um, <laughs> not at all. Yes. <laughs> now, there's games that work on the EverDrive that do not work on the Power Pack. Akira and Akuma-kun on the Famicom both work on the EverDrive, but do not work on the Power Pack. Arkanoid 2 doesn't work on the Power Pack. does work on the EverDrive. I've confirmed it. It works great. The Bandit Kings of Ancient China on the NES does not work on the Power Pack and the EverDrive. doesn't work on the EverDrive either? Nope, Bandit Kings. It's Mapper 5 is what it says. Unsupported map. Right, let me try it real quick. Just real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta know. I gotta know the truth. Kyle doesn't trust the list. I love it. Truth will set you free. Damn it. <laughs> doesn't trust in the list. It doesn't work. You're right. Motherfucker. All right. Well, that's a legit list because I just tested it out right now and Bandit Kings does not work. So it's Action 52. We got Bandit Kings. So far, nothing crazy. Nothing tragic. For us, at least. I'm, like, scrolling down. Um, and there was some weird Japanese one. There's another weird Japanese one. It's called Dai Koi Kai Jidai. It does not work. <laughs> it, it uses the same mapper as the uh, the Koi game, so it might be the same kind. Oh, I bet you it is, yeah. Strat World. Dragon Ball Z. Koishun Saiyajin. Um, just one of the ja- Dragon Ball Z games doesn't work. Um, there's a bunch of Dragon Ball Z games. All the rest work. So, that's, there's one that doesn't work for the family. Gemfire. Another Koi game does not work. Weird. Koi world. So I think that they just use Mapper 5 for probably some kind of graphical overlay or maybe to show a bunch of shit. So, every new, um, version of the operating system that he updates with the EverDrive, sometimes, like, he updates and he adds new, new mappers and stuff, so... It reminds me of, like, Brutal Doom, how he keeps updating it, and that's what the Power Pack doesn't have. No, there's there's no, like, support to the Power Pack beyond the initial. And there's people that have edited and made custom mappers and things for the Power Pack, but it's not officially supported. Yeah, it becomes microcosm. Yeah, the EverDrive is freaking, to me, way better. And just... The, the fact that it automatically saves your games. There's no Japanese game. Gun Sight does not work. Mapper 5 again. And you would think all these Mapper 5s, like, he'll probably work on that eventually. Yeah, it's coming. That's why you stick with the EverDrive, because it'll come. Ishin no Arashi does not work. Mapper 5. Um, Just Breed, which is actually a pretty cool um, RPG. I played it on, the, on an emulator. It does not work. It doesn't work on either system either. Um, Let Emperor, another Koi. Yeah, Let Emperor. Here's one that's not a Koi. Laser Invasion, the light gun game. It's subpar light gun game. doesn't work. <laughs> Again, still, there's been no major games. Nothing that's a make or break yet. Um, Magical Tatarukun um, and Magical Tatarukun 2. Both of those games are really fucking good um, platformers. But they use a weird-ass mapper. Uh, they're really colorful, awesome games. They don't work. Um, again, that that kind of sucks because you know I covered it in my book for uh, you know NES oddities. But again, it's not a staple. End of the world thing. 
Yeah, and you can always play it in an emulator if you really got to play it too. But yeah, it doesn't work on the on the EverDrive, unfortunately. That's okay. There's a lot of unsupported power pack that I'm seeing though, and they all work on the EverDrive. Yeah, there's so many. And you notice I've only mentioned a few, and I'm already in the halfway through. Um, Nintendo World Championships doesn't work on the EverDrive. It does work on the power pack. So NWC, that's a pretty big one if you like to play that. Again, that's a gimmick. Nobunaga 2 does not work. Oh, another Koi. Nobunaga 1 does. It only uses Mapper 1, but Nobunaga 2. And there's a couple Famicom Nobunagas as well that don't work. Those later Koi games. And Nobunaga 2 is a classic that you didn't get in your collection until like much later. One of the last ones. That's a really hard one. John loves those games and his dad. That was really fucking rare. Gemfire 2 is hard to get. Yeah. Another Koi, uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms 2. Yeah. And Royal Blood, which I'm not sure if that's another Koi or not. Japanese, though. Um, there's an SD Gundam game that doesn't work. Um, it is a Famicom game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sengushi 2, that one doesn't work. Shin 4 Nin Uchi Majong does not work. Majong. <laughs> <laughs> but again, not a, not a huge staple. There's a million Majong games, though, so you can find another one. Soikoden. Soikoden does not work. Uh, so Super Mario, Tetris, Nintendo World Cup, Combo Kart does not work. It's a PAL. Uh, the PAL Triple Threat doesn't work on the EverDrive or Power Pack. But you can play Super Mario Brothers, Tetris, and Nintendo World Cup individually on the EverDrive. So there is that. Um, so far, nothing has been unplayable. That's a major game. I'm going down. Um, besides for the a lot of Koi games. So if, again, if you're a strategy fan. Uchu Kiba SDF isn't supported. I know that one was one of the ones that's on my in my book. It's a Famicom game. It's a pretty good one. But again, um, next Koi game, Uncharted Waters, doesn't work. So many Koi games. It's Mapper, they all use Mapper 5. So that company used Mapper 5. Mapper 5 is not supported. That's basically it. So, there's a few Famicom games and some Koi strategy games that don't work. And this was updated a year ago. So, that's where, like, Kyle wanted to check real quick because, you know, you never know if, oh, fuck, he updated it and X-52 does work now. But it doesn't yet. So, really, there's nothing essential that's missing. There's a couple good platformers on the Famicom but, I mean, for one or two games, like, I'm not worried about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> My God. I just want, like, the Castlevania hacks and, you know, the the special treats to work. And here's the thing. As long as that hack doesn't do something crazy, like use a different mapper or overhaul some shit, you're good to go. And the, the Zelda DX hack... It overhauls all the graphics. Yeah. What a lot of hacks tend to do, um, like they'll add like a million enemies and overhaul all the graphics and stuff that, and emulators will work with that because it, the emulators on a PC don't necessarily have to adhere to all the nuances of the NES. But when you put it on an EverDrive, it's playing on an NES and then it'll just break and not work. Sometimes it'll load, and it'll load all jacked up, too. That's another thing. And that's if, like, literally the emulator will make it work. 
that was like one of those classics when I was talking with uh, Roth while he was programming Black Box Challenge. He was utilizing um, four-way screen mirroring and, and craziness. But that bit on an emulator was allocated to something else. Whereas on an NES, it worked fine. So, like, it's really crazy with emulation. That's why, like, it's cool that Crixus is over here doing awesome shit with the EverDrive. Yeah, and with Zelda DX, it says basically this hack improves all the graphics in the entire game. It utilizes sprites from Infidelity's Zelda Legend of Link. Oh, Legend of Link was a really good um, Zelda, like, almost homebrew that utilized the Zelda aspects. And it says it also adds uh, Snarf Bloom's Auto Map Plus, which adds a map to the overworld that is re- revealed as the player explores. I'm, I'm now on ROM hacking to look at it, and that the sprite is from Legend of Link, which is a really badass ROM. It says also the heart meter is drawn in one-eighth heart increments and potions of fairies refill life faster. Okay, so yeah, and it's basically um, improves all the graphics. Almost makes it look like uh, Link's Awakening. So it's like a graphical-only update. But it's the same Legend of Zelda game. So you play through the exact same, which is what I've been looking for, is a different experience with the same map. And he released this hack in 2014, so which is crazy. It's been around for a while, yeah. Yeah, and it must do something special. Um, now you have to patch version 1.0 of the ROM. So when you're on like ROM hacking and you're looking at it, it says patch version. So it tells you the exact version of the patch, and then it tells you the exact file name that you need to do. So literally, like where it says file name, you could highlight that. Control C to copy it, paste it in your little Google machine, and you can get that exact file. Or instead of that, just go to packandsackdave.weebly.com. He already patched it. Some of the ones that he sells, he won't have the patch available or the pre the, the pre patched one. So it all depends. Like most of this shit's available though. Yeah, if if he's not trying to sell it, he'll give it to you for free. Exactly. And then literally, like, he sells them for a while, and then he might make it free later, too. It was interesting, because when I went on YouTube, there were, like, a bunch of thumbs down on the video of Zelda DX, you know, this game he was trying to promote for free. And a lot of people don't like how the grass, there's, like, a continuous pattern. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, jeez, dude. I don't like it. It's just, like, all that work, and people are just like, this sucks. (laughs) Fucking people, man. Megami Tensai, which is RPG series, just got a new translation for the NES. And the translations... Because if you go to, like, ROM Hacking on the main news page, they have a lot of fucking news where it shows, like, the newest shit. And then you got hacks. So there's tons of stuff. So you got Zexies where you can SRAM save. Save on Zexies. And the Famicom translations. It's a whole world. And it's a whole community. And It is, dude. And, it, and it's literally like a never-ending fucking, like... You, you just do this forever. Like, there's one that's called Dragon Warrior Doubled. Um, doubled the experience and gold earned from battles. That's literally what that hack does. So... <laughs> and for those who don't know, like... The double thing is actually what the 16-bit 
Super Famicom version of Dragon Warrior 1 and 2. That's what that does. It actually doubles your golden experience. When you play through the game, it makes it a little more palatable. So that literally kind of makes it into um, almost like the Super Famicom version, which is kind of cool. I did want to mention, though, like, so when I got it, I was like, well, how, how do I put this in the computer? Most new laptops have an SD card slot. So I actually have a slot for mine. So for mine, I actually had to have a little adapter. Yeah, so you can get those, too. I have, like, a one that's almost like a little thumb drive. You plug an SD card into it. The most micro SD cards that you get come with an SD card adapter, so you can plug the micro SD card into the SD card, then you plug that into your little adapter for USB. So, like, I have a desktop. I have to use a USB. Um, It works the same. The EverDrive NA Famicom one takes the micro SD card. Yours has an SD card, right, on the top? Yeah. Mine's a micro SD card. On the actual EverDrive N8, the Famicom one, is the little micro tiny card. That's what it takes. It doesn't take an SD card. The NES one takes an SD card. And actually, mine is on the side. And it's the same thing that the Raspberry Pi utilizes. Yours and the EverDrive MD that I have, the EverDrive MD that I have, the EverDrive Nintendo 64, the Super EverDrive... And the SD to SNES all take an SD card. The Turbo EverDrive and the Famicom N8 take the micro. And it's a micro slot. It's a tiny slot. And it's just Famicom version. It's a smaller board, a smaller cartridge. That's why you did it like that. Because you got to think about it. If, you, if yours is at the top of the cartridge, that board is all the way through the whole cartridge. So it's a giant board. Maybe for listeners, we could just say, get the micro one with the adapter, because that will also work in yours. And then, just in case, you get the Famicom. And I did try the EverDrive on a Famicom. It should work, right? With a converter, and it definitely worked, yeah. I did try uh, on the Generation Next, and it didn't work so far. I may have to try it again, but I don't. it didn't work on that clone system. Um, if So if you think about it, like... People are making these Raspberry Pis, and they you have to have like a freaking 32 gigabyte card or 128 gigabyte card, and really that's all videos and images. The games themselves are tiny, <laughs> super tiny. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing for both if you don't have a collection and you want to play all the games, or if you do have a collection, it's kind of the ultimate centerpiece because now it's all right there and. You can just look at the, your collection while you're playing it, but you can. It's a good thing for sell-off space saving too. It's fucking best of all worlds, man. EverDrive's a beautiful thing. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264VGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!